be sure to join me for the conversation I'm having offline at Sunday Travels on YouTube, Instagram, just about anywhere you are on social media or at Miss Charm School on Instagram. I would like to thank you, each and every listener from around the globe. I see you. I see your numbers. I see your locations from Nigeria to the UK, all across the United States, to Trinidad, to Barbados, throughout the Caribbean. I see you. Thank you so much for showing up to this podcast. Thank you so much for sharing this episode with men and women in your life that will benefit from the revelation that is shared here in this space at this time. You're my tribe. You're my sisters, you're my brothers, and I'm so grateful for every comment, every like, every share, every listen. I cherish you. I love you. Thank you. Hey, Charmers. Hey, Charmers. Welcome in. Welcome in to another episode of Ms. Charm School Podcast. I'm your host, Sunday Eli, and I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, my goodness. Yes. For those of you who are returning, you know the drill. Come on in. Come on in. Kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Come on in. Come on in. I'm literally doing just that. I have my shoes off right now <laughs> as I'm recording, and it feels good. It feels good just to wiggle my toes. Not that you need to know that, you know, but it does feel good. So come on in, come on in. I hope that you have something to sip on, some water, something a little bit stronger than water if you need it today or if you desire it today. It's not always about need. Sometimes it's just desire. Grab that. Let's get cozy with one another. Let's get comfortable and let's get into this amazing conversation we're going to have today amongst one another. For those of you who are new, welcome, welcome, welcome. What a time to join the Miss Charm School tribe. Shout out to you. Miss Charm School has been in production for over two years, going on three years, if not three years, going on four years, I have to double check, but I believe I did my first episode back in 2020. So welcome to the tribe. We continue to grow. We continue to grow. Miss Charm School podcast is for... Modern boss babes who are looking to re-engage their feminine energy, their sensuality, and their spirituality. I also like to describe Miss Charm School podcast as a place for women who are in transition. Women who are in transition out of their womanhood into their queendom. And what does that mean? When you're in your womanhood season, I really believe it's me season. It's a time where everything is really about you. Your decisions affect yourself and yourself alone. When you enter into queendom, the way that I like to describe it and explain it, is that your decisions no longer only impact yourself, but they impact nations. Nations, by definition, just meaning groups of people. And so when you are practicing your queendom season and you are elevating into your queendom season, because I believe that queendom is a promotion by God, and when you are in that queendom season, like I said, your decisions no longer only impact affect yourself. They no longer only impact yourself. And so how you show up, how you dress, how you carry yourself, how you eat in front of people, 
the petitions that you listen to, the things that you deny, everything, quite frankly, as a queen is watched and it ha- people have opinions about. And there are queens that we know of that we regard in history as great queens. And there are queens that we don't even know about because they probably were horrific. <laughs> and so we want to be great queens. And that's why we show up to Miss Charm School podcast so that we can have the conversations that we aren't having with people outside of our lives. Or maybe you're not having enough of these conversations. And this is the time for you to come in, sit with yourself, reflect, take notes. You know, just kind of sit with your own, the Holy Spirit and sit with yourself and really do the work that it takes to go out into the world to be great queens. This is where we get to revise our scripts. This is where we get to change our minds and alter course and prune our gardens and make sure that we're ready for what God has in store for us next. And I'm just so excited and so thrilled to be on this journey with each and every one of you. Or the men that show up in this space. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) I'm honored that you guys continue to show up week after week. I continuously say this podcast is for modern boss babes, women who are looking to re-engage their feminine energy, spirituality, and sensuality. And yet many of you show up really, I think, out of the sensuality, I mean, not sensuality, out of the spirituality rather space, because I get feedback from different men that there are certain spiritual principles that the Holy Spirit reveals through me, through this podcast to you that you've never thought of before. And so it's an honor to have you men and males show up in this space as well who are looking to grow spiritually, or maybe some of you are raising daughters and are looking to be better fathers or looking to understand your girlfriends or your wives. I'm not sure. Just wanting to hear my voice. (laughs) You're welcome into this space as well. I'm so glad that you're here. All right. So today's episode. First, can I tell you guys something? All right, so I have been working on something that I'm looking to release in the forthcoming weeks called Feminine Magnetism. And Feminine Magnetism is going to be a, I'm planning on it being a multi-video series that you are self-guided. You walk yourself through the video series. And as you walk yourself through the video series, it's going to be covering um, like parental wounds, healing and forgiveness. We're also going to talk about high-level self-love, dating yourself. We are going to talk about energy and the importance of energy and kind of breaking down feminine magnetism and what does that actually mean in terms of the energy that you are emitting from yourself and how that affects attraction and manifestation, all those things. And then we're going to be also talking about grooming and taking care of yourself and having a signature walk and just a lot of really yummy, juicy conversations around the theme of re-engaging your feminine energy and being comfortable in that energy and in that space. And as I've been planning that behind the scenes, I'm so excited to release that to you guys when it's time. But as I've been planning that behind the scenes and recording the videos and getting everything set up and trying to get the workbook together that's going to accompany the course series and all this stuff, ooh-wee, the Lord has been putting me in the gym of exercise to really prune me and get me ready for feminine magnetism and really helping me understand some spiritual principles that are just required 
there's no way that I can talk about energy or talk about things that are invisible without talking to, to the Holy Spirit and without talking to Christ because that is the creator of all things invisible, love, marriage, um, the covenant marriage, not the piece of paper, but the covenant marriage, even though the paper is important as well. But, you know, I had to re-engage Christ with the spiritual principles. And basically Christ was like, look, sis, there's a lot in your own life that's out of order. Okay. And so that's what we're going to talk about in the forthcoming weeks. And I'm going to share with you guys directly what God has been giving me. And then before we get into that, though, the Holy Spirit is leading me to talk about marriage. So I have an answer. I did an episode a while back called Marriage Isn't Overrated. Well, is it? And the Holy Spirit has really been giving me a download around marriage. And the answer to that question of if it, it, it excuse me, the answer to the question of if it is overrated, the answer is no, it is not. No, marriage is not overrated. Marriage at times can feel like an uphill battle in our current society. Specifically in the United States of America, two in one marriages end in divorce. I don't say that to glorify that statistics. I, I just share that to bring the re- relevancy of how as my mentor says, we are drinking from a poisonous well that is not working in our marriages. It's not helping us have successful marriages. And yet we continue to regurgitate false information that just doesn't work to actually keep one married. Now, you can get married for all kinds of reasons, but to stay in a marriage, you have to understand that marriage is operating under spiritual principles. The design of marriage, the design of covenant marriage is spiritual. Love is spiritual. And so as many of us in today's culture move away from God and move away from Christ and try to do life without God, and we only really go to God to pray for things when we're looking for change or we get ourselves in trouble, we don't really consider God in our everyday decisions, and we definitely are not attempting to live a holy life. And yet we somehow plan to do marriage or plan to even do love relationships without the creator of love or the creator of covenant marriage, which operates under spiritual law and spiritual principles, kingdom principles, God's principles. And so the Holy Spirit really had to correct me even in this. And I'm glad that I asked the question and I'm glad when I listened back to that episode that there was a real rawness and a realness of me sitting in a position, if you can have an image in your head where you're like looking out at the world, let's say I'm sitting at a beach and I'm looking out at the shoreline. The shoreline is all of the different marriages that I know in my life, my parents' marriage, friends' marriages, cousins' marriages, people that are trying to get married, people who are frustrated in girlfriend, boyfriend situations, people that are happy. This is all the evidence, let's say, it's in front of me like the shoreline. And I'm looking at it and I'm seeing so much corruption, so much trash floating up on shore, so much, you know, shipwrecks and all this stuff. And when you're looking at it, when you're sitting on safe land as a single person, it could almost make you feel like, well, why would I want to venture into the ocean? It looks like a very dangerous place. It looks like a very unsecure place. And I know that many of you relate to that as well. Even those of you who love God, who have given your life to Christ, there's so many people, men and women, who are very nervous about marriage and very nervous about embarking on that journey because 
even for men I've dated, I've dated several men. I've been fortunate to date several men whose parents are still married 30, 40 years. But those men are not in a rush to get married. Like they all say they want to do it, but they've they've never popped the question. They've never even gotten close to popping the question to someone. At least I don't think they've gotten close. Maybe they have. If I was to survey them, maybe they said they would say that they have gotten close. Maybe they've even bought rings and just never did it. I don't know. But they didn't get down on one knee and propose to me, okay? And I think about that, and I'm like, how? I used to think that, oh, my God, well, you've seen it, so you're going to be more inclined to go after it. But the truth is they may be looking at their parents' marriage and thinking, I don't want what my parents have. I don't want that. There's nothing about it that maybe appeals to them as fun or joyous. There's so many people that look, there's so many people, I really want to say men, that look at marriage as a restriction, but it's not just men. There's women that also look at marriage as a restriction, as something that shrinks them, as something that's a sacrifice. And then there are people that are interested in marriage, but even look at having children as a sacrifice and something that takes away from your joy, your personal joy. And so there are people that are delaying having children or choosing not to have children because they believe that they're happier not. There are people that are delaying marriage or choosing to not have marriage. They're choosing to come up with all these other rules like, well, let's just live together and do everything else like a married couple without the marriage piece, which just so many people in today's culture that kind of makes sense to them. When the reality is, sure, if that logically makes sense to you. But God took me to a scripture that says man's wisdom. Wait, let me get the scripture right. I'm pausing. It says to, that we're not supposed to lean into man's wisdom, but lean, instead we're supposed to lean on God's power. And I wish I had my phone in front of me. I don't right now to be able to pull up the scripture. But if you Google like man's wisdom versus God's power, I'm sure the scripture will pop up for you. Or if you even search in the Bible app. And the Holy Spirit started to show me and reveal to me that marriage is a spiritual principle. So guess what? Your logical mind, when you're sitting on the shore and you're looking at the circumstances of life, think about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence that it's not seen. Let's break that down. That means that faith is the substance. So like the stuff washing up on shore, that's a substance. The shoreline itself is a substance. So faith is a substance. It's a thing. Faith is a substance of what's hoped for. Hope is something that you can't see. Again, spiritual principle. It's like the wind. You can feel it. You can hear it, but you don't see it. You don't know where it's going. Hope is the same. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. You're hoping for something. The evidence. So the stuff coming up on shore, the evidence that you don't even see it. And that's a spiritual principle. So when we're trying to do marriage and we're trying to do love relationships, but we're cutting out spirit, we're cutting out the element of faith, we're cutting out the unseen and having hope in the unseen with the evidence that it's not even there. Like, <laughs> I don't see joy in any marriages. I don't see people having successful marriages 
as much as I see people ending in divorce. I don't see people actually being happy in their quote unquote living together situations. I see women that are frustrated because the man hasn't popped the question. And so they're delaying having kids with him. Like they're all, all these things that we're, we reason within ourselves, like, well, I'll just try to get it this way. And we try to move in our own power and it's powerless because we're not supposed to lean on our wisdom. We're supposed to lean on God's power. I hope you're picking up what I'm dropping down. I'm just giving it to you how it's been making sense to me. So if marriage and love relationships and love in general is a spiritual principle, which means it's something that's unseen, but there are real spiritual laws, there's real spiritual um, laws. Yeah, things, laws are in place that you're supposed to abide by. If you do this, 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 then this is the result. And we're trying to do love without engaging spiritual law. We're trying to do love without engaging spirit. We're trying to do love without engaging the creator that created it, God. We're not talking to Christ. We're not praying to God. We may be praying for what we want, but in the day-to-day -day de decisions, when we're interacting with loved ones or when we are considering marriage or even when we're considering children and family, we're not consulting Christ. We're not sitting in prayer and saying, this is why a spiritual practice is so important for a woman who's in her queendom. You have to sit with God, not just praying and talking to God. You have to sit and hear. You have to have a Holy Spirit intuition. And sometimes mm, there's so many voices within us that we don't know if we're hearing God. We don't know if we're actually hearing God. We may be praying to God, but even our prayers are kind of screwed up in how we're praying, how we're communicating to God, because there's so much like gunk coming up on shore. It's not out of a place of holiness. It's not out of a place of purity. And I don't just mean holiness in the sense of, you know, deeds like, well, I didn't sin today. I don't mean like, you know, I didn't go out and lie to someone today. I don't mean holiness in that way. I mean, holiness where your thoughts are renewed to God's thoughts. I mean holiness in the sense that you're not walking around in fear and unbelief. Unbelief and fear is actually the opposite of faith, and God has not given us a spirit of fear. When you believe in God, when you believe in marriage, when you believe in love, when you believe that better is coming, when you believe that your future days are going to be better than the past days. When you believe that God is for you, when you believe that you're here to live a life of abundance, when you really believe that God, Christ came to give you life and life more abundantly, when you really believe when Christ says so many times throughout the Bible, have no fear, angels of the Lord say, have no fear. When you really believe that and you have faith in that, your speech is different, your walk is different. And I was convicted when I created that episode is marriage overrated? That was me sitting in a place looking at my circumstances and allowing my circumstances to dictate my faith or not really even dictate my faith, to crush my faith. I was look, sitting on the shore looking out and like, oh my God, look at all these people getting divorced. Look at all this calamity and poison in our relationships. Nobody's doing this ish, right? Nobody. <laughs> and I started looking at my circumstances and I leaned out of faith Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence that you don't see it. You don't see it. But sometimes the enemy is so loud 
the tactics of the devil, to be honest, are so loud in the marketplace that you could feel like, well, that's happening to everybody. And that's not true. That's not true. It can be an illusion. And then you begin to mentally agree with the illusion. And therefore, now you're operating in a belief of unbelief. Now you're operating in a place of doubt. And those things are sin against God. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love, spiritual principle. Peace, spiritual principle, a sound mind, spiritual principle. And it takes being connected to Christ to have that renewed mind. In and of ourselves, we literally cannot do it. <laughs> That's why we needed a savior. And so when we're trying to live life without that, and we're trying to do marriage without that, and we're trying to do love relationships without that, we're trying to be mothers and fathers without that, we're a fallen people. We make mistakes. And Christ doesn't beat us up for those mistakes, but our nature is that we make mistakes. We have to stay connected to the source that frees us from those mistakes. We have to stay connected to the one man that walked the earth that did not sin, Christ. We have to stay connected to the word of God so that our minds can be renewed, so that we can know the promises that God has for us on this side of eternity. And when we can then get a grip and a revelation of God's word and God's promises, which is faith, you may not see it, but you have to have the faith that, guess what, it's on the way. It's coming to me. There are people having successful marriages. When I pray, I'm praying for people's marriages. I'm praying for people's love relationships. I'm praying for people that want to have kids and people that don't want to have kids. I'm praying that people do their healing work. I'm praying for you. I literally actually pray for the charmers that listen to these episodes. I pray for you guys for real around the world. I do. But when I'm praying and my spirit is in a place of unbelief, my prayers aren't having any power. God can't, God can't even hear that. He hears it, but he's like, I'm not about to move on that. You don't have no faith. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the Bible says that when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. So without faith, you can't please God. And then you over here, you know, how can you delight yourself in the Lord? You can try, but when you are delighting yourself in the Lord, don't you think the Lord should also be pleased with you delighting yourself in the Lord? Will you please him by having faith? And I know I'm stringing scriptures together, but this is where I'm at right now today, Charmers. I had to get a grip on like, I cannot allow the world to speak to me and dictate my belief systems. I have to uproot those negative belief systems that are not serving me, that are not producing God's power in my life. And I have to regurgitate them, reject them, and I have to speak those things that are not as though they are so. I have to use God's word and speak that to the atmosphere because there are spiritual principles that I have access to as a child of God that allows me to be an overcomer of the world. Hallelujah. Jesus died and rose again so that 
all power is in his hands. He has truly overcome the world. The enemy has no power over him. The devil has no power over him. There's no king on any throne. There's no leadership. There's no social media. There's no people power. There's no popularity. There's nothing that can come against the power of God. There's nothing that can come against the promises of God. His word will not return unto him. His word will not return unto him void. That means it will accomplish wherever God sent it to accomplish. It will accomplish that thing. So we have to get strong in our faith. We have to get strong in God's word. We have to get strong in seeing those things that are not as though they are so. We have to get strong as acting as if we have already received. We have to get strong in our faith. Because the Bible says if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could literally say to a mountain, move from here to there and it will be done to you. I was reading a scripture and the disciples were trying to cast out a demon that a little boy had and they couldn't do it. So they brought the little boy to Jesus and Jesus cast it out. But Jesus like, you know, gave him a little back talk. He was like, dang, how long am I going to be with y'all? And they said, well, father, like rabbi, teacher, why couldn't we cast out this demon this evil spirit in this boy and he was like sometimes this one only comes by not just this one but sometimes this comes by prayer and fasting which literally means you need to deny your flesh <laughs> why do you need to deny your flesh because sometimes you have unbelief let's keep it let's keep it a hundred you have unbelief operating in your body some of you are fearful look at me i was sitting on the shoreline when i created that message fearful like god can anybody do marriage like man these we suck as a country at this at this subject we suck you know it's like watching your favorite football team or basketball team it's like dang you really be riding for them but they're just going through a period where they just suck and you're like you know especially coming from the sports journalism backgrounds like when you are covering a team that's just basura you come up with all kinds of like things to try to celebrate and like highlight and yeah just for those of you who are sports fans you know what I'm talking about but it's like I'm not going to call out any teams but I've worked for teams during their slump season and it's hilarious like the type of stats and facts that you come up with to try to like keep the morale alive for fans <laughs> and you're pulling statistics from like 30 decades ago trying to relive on those and re-maximize those and squeeze out the joy from all of those previous high moments to make up for the fact that there's nothing exciting to talk about right now because you guys suck <laughs> and that's how I felt that day when I made that recording looking at marriages it was like oh man and at the same time my heart is broken because I know that God is for marriage the Bible specifically said that specifically says that God hates divorce and so for whatever reason, it breaks my heart every time I hear like, you know, somebody didn't work out. Even in my own life, when I've really given my time, my energy and my heart to someone and it doesn't work out for whatever reason, you know, I take it really hard because I just have this, if I may say about myself, I do have a very like pure heart that like, no, it's going to work. And we just try and we put our best foot forward and I just believe that's the word I'm looking for. I don't even know if pure is the word. I believe in it. I believe in it. 
despite what's happening in popular culture, I believe in love. I believe in marriage. I believe that it can be successful, not just successful. I believe you can actually like your partner. I believe that you actually can like them, have love, have joy, have prosperity, not be struggling. Like I actually believe it. Now, when I look at the marketplace, it seems that it's saturated with people that just don't have that. But I believe that you can have it. And I'm believing that for myself. And so when I asked the question, is marriage overrated? I was in that place, that raw place of like, mm, God, it ain't looking good. And I have faith, but my faith is is becoming zero. Like a mustard seed, you should Google a mustard seed. It's not big at all. <laughs> Sometimes I try to mentally imagine the mustard seed and, and tell myself Sunday, that's all the faith you need. You just need faith that size. And it's disheartening to think that, dang, you don't even have faith that size. But to not have you beat up on yourself as bad as I did, we also have to understand that there's a real prince of the air that's working over time to distract you, to deceive you, and to swindle you out of your inheritance. I really believe that. So many of us in the, in the culture are walking around so confused, but we're leaning to man's wisdom. We're leaning to our own understanding, and we're reasoning within ourselves, and we're like, mm, that makes sense. I'll do that. And it's not what God would have for you. It's, it's, it's out of alignment of faith and belief. It's out of alignment of God's promises. It's out of alignment, alignment of kingdom. And then you're coming up short. You, you're not getting the results. And so then you're switching and saying, okay, well, I'll just try to do it this way. And that's not working for you either. <laughs> and then you're frustrated. And then you lose hope. And then you have no faith. And you have to understand that that's an agenda of the enemy so that we could be a faithless nation that no longer believes that God is powerful enough to do what he said he would do and that God is powerful enough to still be the healer and the rest restorer of those that diligently seek him. And so we've got to get right, y'all. I'm saying it to myself as well. I had to get right. I had to abandon the ideologies and the ways of popular culture. I had to abandon videos on TikTok and Instagram and wherever else. I had to walk away from that because sometimes it's so saturated in the market. And the, the truth is that the enemy will give you just enough truth that you feel like, mm, that's right. But then there'll be a lie in there. And once you make an agreement with that, you make an agreement with unbelief because it's not of God. And it's so subtle, but it's keeping us stuck. It's keeping our prayers from being able to have the power of God in our prayer life, to have the power of God and the anointing of God in our lives. And I speak so much in this podcast that I want the fruit of my life you know, I want you guys to be able to come into the garden of my life and eat from the fruit in my life. And I want to teach you how to cultivate your own garden so that people can come into your life and eat the fruit of your trees. And or if you don't like that analogy, that you can pick the fruit yourself and hand them out to people, you know, and they not get sick, but that they would enliven, that they would be nourished from the fruit of the garden of your life is the point. And in order for us to do that, we have to stop commingling with the world 
and specifically commingling with the world's ideologies because we live in the world. But for those of you who resonate with this, your kingdom citizens passing through. Your king is different than the world's king. Your God is different than the world's God. Your priorities are different than the world's priorities. Your wisdom comes from God. And we don't lean on man's wisdom. We lean on God's power. And so I hope that you feel encouraged today as I wrap up this episode to step, take a step deeper into holiness. And God's been challenging me that holiness is not just... um you know, ways of being in terms of how we traditionally have been taught, like that you didn't kill someone, that you didn't steal something today, not just that, but step into holiness in the area of your faith and your belief systems. Ooh, this has been so, this has, I just been meditating on this and marinating in this. How can I step deeper into holiness in my belief systems? And by holy, I mean in alignment with Christ. How can I please God because I believed? Oh, another scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Sarah also through faith conceived strength to conceive seed or by faith received strength to conceive seed past childbearing age. I believe that's the scripture. And what that basically means, you know, King James be using that old English. What that basically means is that she's credited as, you know, one of the female founders of faith and of great faith because she finally judged him faithful who had promised. She had finally judged that God who promised that she would have a child. She finally judged him faithful. She finally found the strength to actually move out of unbelief and believe God. And when she did that, her faith allowed her to have the strength to conceive seed, even though she had passed menopause, even though it was quote unquote impossible. God gave her the promised child that she for a long time felt like it ain't going to come for me. When God first gave Sarah the promise that she was going to have a child, she laughed. And she didn't laugh out loud, but it says in the Bible that she laughed to herself. And God was like, why are you laughing? And she was like, no, I did it. Yes, you did. <laughs> and how many of us do that? We're not, if we're honest with ourselves, we're not being holy in our beliefs. We're not being holy in faith. We have unbelief. We don't really believe that it can happen for us. We don't really believe that marriage can be blissful. We don't really believe that we can have a love relationship that fulfills us. We just look at the work. But maybe the work could be enjoyable. Maybe you, the work can be enjoyable because you're not in it by yourself. Your Christ is there with you. That even when your partner or your mother or your father or your siblings get on your nerves, you know, because guess what? We, we deal with other people who are human beings. They're not Christ. They're not perfect. That's a fact. But Christ is perfect. And when we're doing life with God, Maybe we can actually have a joy in doing life with God. And so I've been on this wave of like, wait, let me go back to Sarah before I go off on a tangent. You know, and so Sarah finally, look at the mess that Sarah made because she didn't believe God. This is good. This is going to touch, 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 because it's touching me even as I share it. Sarah really didn't believe the promise that God gave her. Now, did it erase the promise over her life? It didn't. Hallelujah. 
there are promises on your life and promises on my life that cannot be erased because of our unbelief. It can be delayed, but it cannot be erased because God will not speak a word over your life and it will not return unto him void. It will accomplish whatever he said it will accomplish. And we have to get ourselves in a place of faith and belief. We have to walk away from unbelief and fear. So Sarah laughed at herself. She was like, mm, I'm just going to, can I just 2023 Sarah for you guys? I'm going to just try to Holy Spirit help me kind of embody her and put her in 2023 language. Okay, here goes God. Hey, Abraham. Yeah, um, you and Sarah are going to have this child that I promised. This promised child is going to be the father of many nations and your descendants are going to be as numerous as the sand on the shore. You're not going to be able to count them. I've chosen you because you looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. Because of your faith, I chose you because you trust me. And Abraham is like, mm, okay. Sarah hears it and Sarah in her belly starts laughing. Maybe Sarah was told that she was barren. Maybe Sarah has, you know, was already getting ready to get to menopause stage. I don't know what was going on with Sarah, but Sarah was like, mm, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> See how I just laughed? She probably laughed just like that. <laughs> sure. That's cute. Amen. He got me out here in these tents in the wilderness talking about he looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. You know, I didn't left my whole family to marry this man. He's a he's a good man. But sometimes I'd be looking at him like, mm, really, I don't even know if I want to have his kid. He'd be getting on my nerves. Who knows? OK, I'm just putting it in 2023 language. OK, or maybe who knows what Sarah's experience was with her parents? What if her mother died young or something like that? We don't know. We were never told what happened. Maybe Sarah was like, I don't even know if I want to have a kid, to be honest, God. What am I do with a kid? I don't even know if I know how to raise one. Who knows what she was thinking? She laughed to herself like, mm, that's cute. And because she did not believe, she knew the promise, but she did not believe the promise. That's the truth. She told Abraham many years later, she kind of started believing it, I guess, because she was like, well, you know, there's going to be this promised son to my husband. Well, it's not going to be through me. So why don't um, you go ahead and sleep with my maid? You know, she can be a surrogate. Why don't you go ahead and let's do it by surrogate and you can get a son from her. You can get a child from her because it's not going to come through me. And so he said, okay, that was him agreeing with the unbelief. Let's be real. He didn't have to agree to that. Nobody forced him. But he also maybe had some areas of unbelief within himself where he doubted. Well, yeah, you know, my wife is not able to have kids or, you know, she's bleeding right now through menopause. So I can't even be up on her like that. Like, who knows? He also reasoned within himself. He looked he was sitting on the shoreline too, both of them. And they were looking at everything like mm, we don't know how this like promise that God has told us is going to come to pass. So maybe it's going to happen like this. And he was like, OK, sure, let's try that. And maybe even it was common for people to have surrogate children through, you know, people who are maids and stuff. I don't know the time. And they did that. But God said that was not the promised child, that the promised child would come from Sarah. And it says in Hebrews 11 that Sarah, through faith, received strength to conceive seed, for she judged him faithful who had promised. 
which means that one day at one point in time, and let me back up, before she got there, when this woman had Abraham's child, her and the woman began to butt heads because Abraham had favor for this woman because this woman was the mother of his child. And you know family dynamics. Sarah was already like, this a-hole got me out here in the wilderness, and now this baby mama, she acting like she don't want to have respect. They got to go. And Sarah was like, they got to go. And Abraham didn't want to send him away, but he sent him away. Because when he asked God about it, God was like, no, that's not the chosen son. Yeah, send him away. Do it, Sarah. You know, like, listen to your wife. <laughs> and so it broke his heart, but he did. And so at some point through all of that mess that was made because she did not believe, it says that she finally found it within herself to have faith in God, that he was faithful to do what he told her he was going to do. And that faith allowed her past menopause to get pregnant and not just get pregnant, to have a successful pregnancy, not just have a successful pregnancy, but birth her son and keep her own life. She didn't die in childbearing. She was able to raise her son, the promised son that God told her. And so we cannot look, it's not new. I'm not beating up on myself. I'm not beating up on you. I hope you can hear this with compassion. God has been dealing with us humans for a long time, okay? <laughs> and we have a bad tendency of looking at our situation and our circumstances when God has given us a promise. And we have a tendency of being like, mm, I, I don't think this is going to happen. So maybe God meant this. No, God meant what he said. He meant what he said, and this can manifest in, I'll give myself my own example. I wanted to hire someone to help me with social media for Miss Charm School podcast. And um, the person came into my life just as God told me that it would find me, that I didn't really need to find it. And uh, the opportunity presented itself to me, and the woman is awesome. And I'm excited to work with her. But I talked myself out of it. I was like, God, there's no way I can afford it. There's no way I can pay. Like, I'm looking at my circumstances like, what? <laughs> and then, like, I'm getting letters in the mail about other stuff. And I'm like, wait, God, I thought you took care of this. Now I, I'll just be transparent because I believe that God's going to give me a testimony of healing. But, you know, there's things that God took care of in terms of debts for me that have been gone off my credit report for months and then I get a letter that it's not gone or it is gone or what's going on God so I'm just like whoa they all these things are washing up on the shore and I'm like there's no way I can do what God told me to do there's no way I can hire her and the web developer for my website and do all these different things that God told me to do there's no way I can do the class feminine magnetism there's no way there's no way there's no way and God is like are you gonna trust me are you going to have faith? Are you going to believe that I'm faithful? And it, I'm not going to lie. It's looking impossible, baby. <laughs> but I judge him faithful who has promised. One of my favorite scriptures as a young adult is now Luke 1, chapter 1, verse 37. And it says, blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a completion of those things told to her from the Lord. 
Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a completion of those things told to her from the Lord. So keep on believing, my sister, my brother, listening to this. Keep on having faith. Keep on trusting God. Keep on unhooking from unbelief. Keep on unhooking from social media, TikTok messages and stuff that continue to water the seed of unbelief in your life. Continue to unhook and pull up from the root the thing that is choking your faith and choking your belief systems that encourage you to believe in God. There are things that you're listening to, things that are coming through your ear gate, things that are coming through your eye gate, conversations that your friends are having with you, conversations that you're having with your friends. You're going to have to go mute. I'm not saying that you can't talk to people, but there's times when my girlfriends call me and I get on the phone and they're spilling out and I can, because I'm paying attention now, I can hear where they have made agreements in unbelief because they make statements that do not agree with God's power, that God is able to do something. On some level, they've agreed with fear and unbelief, and it shows up in their actions, and that is the sin. We don't think it's a sin, but yes, it shows up in your actions. When you choose to have Hagar, the maid, sleep with your husband, when you choose, oh my God, hallelujah, Holy Spirit, God is revealing things to me as I speak. There are celebrities that have brought other people into their bedrooms to have, you know, sex with them, you know, to have sex beyond just the two of them in their marriage. When you open up your life to all these different ways of man's reasoning. When you reason within yourself, when you have unbelief, when you have fear that it's not going to work out for me, that it's not going to happen for me, that I'm never going to make the money that I'm not going to be able to be the successful entrepreneur, that I'm going to have to, whatever it is, the lie that you're believing on some level, and if you get real with yourself, you are believing it. That's why you went back to school to try to get a degree in something that God didn't tell you to do. But, oh, my God, my business right now is really not making ends meet, and I'm struggling, and I don't see how it's going to work, and la 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 all the things. And so you reason within yourself, okay, well, let me go back to school or, okay, let me go get this master's degree or, okay, let me go, did, did God tell you to do that? Only you know that. That's why you have to have a personal relationship with God. Or is that fear? And sometimes in culture, fear can be celebrated. They're not going to say it's fear. They're going to say, yeah, girl, that makes sense. Do it. Yeah, you know, open up your marriage. It'll, you know, keep it fresh. It'll keep it spicy. You know, have multiple partners. Don't have any um, labels, you know, because labels just are there for people to break them. All the things that we tell ourselves. And we're still walking away in divorce. We're still filing for divorce. And we did all the things that we felt like, you know, made sense on some level. But we did not attach it to God's wisdom God's power. We didn't choose faith. We chose fear. We chose unbelief. But it's not too late. Hallelujah. It's not too late. If there's a celebrity listening to this, I don't know. I just feel like speaking that. If you're someone in the public eye listening to this, it's not too late. It's not too late for you to decide to choose holiness in your faith and in your belief systems. It's not too late for you to choose God's wisdom and God's way. Especially if you're a woman listening to this, you have so much power and influence over your love relationship space. Men typically default to what you want. <laughs> That's the truth. 
And so if you can really surrender all to God, if you can go into a season of prayer and fasting, if you can really cry out to God and say, God, I've sinned before you. I've had unbelief. I haven't believed you. I've had fear. I've let the world talk to me and creep into my belief systems. And I know I gave my soul to you. But when it comes to the actions of everyday life, I haven't sided with your perspective. I've sided with the world's perspective. And I've co-mingled it. And it, it has deserved no place in your kingdom marriage. It has deserved no place in this kingdom vessel. You saved me from the world so that I did not have to think under the faulty, failing, poisonous ways of theirs that are dying and of death and of decay. And that's why the fruit of my life is death and decay in these different areas. I'm not able to move forward with power and with victory because I've decided to decide unconsciously to agree with the, with the things of the world that are dying. But I stop today and I decide to relink and rehook up to God. God says that he's God of the living, the living, not the dead. That means you are alive in Christ. And if you have breath in your body, it's a gift. You can choose to choose life in every aspect of your life. I'm saying this to you as I say this to myself, trust me, because I've had to really correct my energy and really correct my voice and really correct my words and really correct my conversations because my conversations have been agreeing with death. Oh, this ain't going to work. This, this negative, 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 negative. Oh, yeah, girl. Amen. You know how it is. These ain't, you know, all the stuff that we say, that's not of God. That's unbelief. That's fear. And we don't, we haven't seen it that way, but it is. Because the Bible says that with God, all things are possible. Is all some things? All means all things. So even the most difficult love, the most challenging finances, the most effed up family situations, you know, the most effed up personal situations. All things are possible with God. There is nothing impossible with God. No thing. So we have to stop with the unbelief. We have to stop, cease with the fear. And we have to get back to trusting God. Trusting God with faith, which means that you're not going to see it. You have hope, but the evidence is that you actually don't see it. I have hope that an ex, I'm going to say it, that an ex of mine, completely is free from his cocaine use there's so much love that I have for that person and I was praying 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 and I didn't know that that's what they were dealing with but now I know that's what they're dealing with and uh, to be honest I kind of felt like oh that's beyond like I don't know how to deal with that but God does there's nothing impossible for God God is able to take that God is able to heal him God is able to transform and I have to stop with unbelief. I have to stop with fear. I have to stop. God could stop. God could change his life right now, today, wherever he is, right in this second, in this moment. He could never go back to it. That's the power of our God. We have to stop leaning on man's wisdom and lean on God's power. It's God's power that's the difference maker. And as I wrap up, I wanted to go back to a point that I was saying earlier, and I had made a point of saying, oh, let me finish Sarah before I talk about it. This is what I wanted to say in that moment. 
I've been really believing God for miracles. God's power to me shows up in miracles. And there are people that say that God moves through people, and I do believe that. But I also believe that God moves however he wants. God can move on a a blueberry and a butterfly and a raven and a tree. God created all things. God can move on things that are invisible to me, to the natural eye. God can do whatever God wants. And as I unhook from fear and as I unhook from unbelief, I just have been challenging myself to re-engage the miracles of God, to re-look at the miracles of God, to re-look, to have faith that the power of God is going to show up in my life and around my life in miraculous miracles. And all I have to do is listen and receive and have faith and believe and continue to unhook from fear and continue to unhook from unbelief and continue to therefore walk away from sin and continue to choose in my daily actions and in my daily conversations holiness to choose alignment to choose to have faith in my speech and in my actions to choose to delight myself in the Lord so that he would grant me the desires of my heart, to choose to please God with my faith. And so I've been on this wave of like, God, show me miracles. I want to experience your power. There is a scripture also in the Bible that says there are going to be people that go to heaven before God and on judgment day. And they're going to say, God, I cast out demons in your name. I healed the sick. And God's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And I was getting caught up here until someone reminded me of that scripture because I know of people who do not claim Jesus Christ as God, that do not confess him. They may confess God, but they don't confess Christ. And they have power. There, There's people who have like, you know, loved ones have gotten healed and, you know, with things going in remission and just, the, you know, different things. People, their soulmate came into their life. They're married to the person of their dreams, blah, 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 blah. And they didn't come to the church. They didn't come to Christ. They went to a medicine man or they went to a soothsayer. Or they went to a fortune teller. Or they went to whomever. And they swear by that. And I was starting to be like, man, that's so heavily saturated in our culture. And I'm like, God, like, you're the only person I know who can move in power like that. But then God showed me that's not new either. Because when Moses went to go heal the Israelites, Pharaoh called for his magicians. When Daniel was alive during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams and he called forth his magicians. And those magicians were in those positions of power in the kingdom because they were able to answer questions. They were able to pull down fire. But in those two examples, Moses, his snake ended up um, overpowering that of the magicians of Egypt, showing that he was the one that he served the one true living God. Daniel was the only person that was able to interpret the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar confessed, you must serve the one true living God. And so I've been believed, I, ooh, I feel the Holy Spirit. I've been like, God, you got to move in miraculous power. There's some people that won't believe unless they see signs and wonders. And I want my life to be available for the miraculous of God. Hallelujah. I want to be able to have the testimonies that I walked with God. And, and just like Sarah, she judged him faithful who had promised. And therefore the promise came. 
I want to have those kinds of experiences and testimonies right here on Miss Charm School podcast. I want you to experience them as well so that people look at your life and say, your God must be the one true living God. The power in your life, I saw how you were. Or, you know, there's times where Jesus walked and he were, he was healing people and they tried to ask, well, who sinned? And he was like, nobody. This was for God's glory that this person got healed. This It was for God's glory that this person went through their sickness and disease. So I just want to wrap up here and say that I love you, Charmers, and go with God, have faith, unhook from unbelief, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.